Hi there, this is John. Thank you for joining me on today's broadcast of Sea Tribe Global Community. It's a great day, and I'm very sure you're having a great week as well. So, this is like a weekend dose before Sunday proper. So, there will be a change in the anchor scripture for the first time this month. So, reading from the book of Luke, chapter 4, from 14 through 44. So, I read in Jesus' name. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, and the power of the Holy Spirit was with him. The news about him spread throughout all that territory. He taught in synagogues and was praised by everyone. Then Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath he went, as usual, to the synagogue. He stood up to read the scriptures, and he just handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has chosen me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and to and recovery of sight to the blind to set free the oppressed and to announce that the time has come when the lord will save his people jesus rolled up his scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down all the people in the synagogue had their eyes fixed on him as he said to them this passage of the scriptures as it has come true today as you heard it being read they were all well impressed with him and marveled at the eloquent words that he spoke they said isn't he the son of joseph he said to them i am sure that you would quote this proverb to me doctor heal yourself you would also tell me to do here in my hometown the same things you heard were done in Capernaum. I tell you this, Jesus added, a prophet is never welcomed in his hometown. Listen to me, it is true there were many widows in Israel during the time of Elijah when there was no rain for three and a half years and a severe famine spread throughout the whole land. Yet Elijah was not sent to anyone in Israel but only to a widow living in Zarephath in the territory of Sidon. And there were many people suffering from a direct skin disease who lived in Israel during the time of the prophet Elisha. Yet only one of them was healed. But only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were filled with hunger. They rose up, dragged Jesus out of the town, and took him to the top of the hill to which their town was built. They meant to throw him off the cliff, but he walked through the middle of the crowd and went away. Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, where he taught the people on the Sabbath. They were all amazed at the way he taught because he spoke with authority. In the synagogue was a man who had the spirit of an evil demon in him. He screamed out in a loud voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you here to destroy us?
I know who you are. You are God's holy messenger. Jesus ordered the spirit, be quiet and come out of the man. The demon threw the man down in front of them and went out of him without doing him any harm. The people were all amazed and said to one another, What kind of words are these? With authority and power, this man gives orders to the evil spirits and they come out. And the report about Jesus spread everywhere in that region. 38 now. Jesus left the synagogue and went to Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. And then and they spoke to Jesus about her. He went on and stood at her bedside and ordered the fever to leave her. The fever left her and she got up at once and began to wait on them. After sunset, all who had friends who were sick with various diseases brought them to Jesus. He placed his hands on every one of them and healed them all. Demons also walk out from many people screaming, You are the Son of God. Jesus gave the demons an order and would not let them speak because they knew that it was the Messiah. At the break, at, at daybreak, Jesus left town and went off to a lonely place. The people started looking for him, and when they found him, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said to them, I must preach the good news about the kingdom of God in other towns also, because that is what God sent me to do. So he preached in the synagogue throughout the country, the word of the Lord. So, our topic for today is Kingdom and the Media. With emphasis on the anchor scriptures from the book of Luke, verses 14 through 44, um, you would realize that there's a role of the Kingdom of God in the media, which is to preach good news. And preaching good news is as simple as constructive criticism or anything that constructs the benefit of the public good in every narrative is a piece of the gospel so if you find yourself in the media in whatever capacity even if you're in the movies if you're in the entertainment if you're in sports whatever it is you do you know Whatever your area of calling is, it is your job to hold down the kingdom there and be a representative of God's presence and power and wisdom. You know, as amazing as we've discussed all throughout the scriptures, in the, in the New Testament, we discover that the gospel is the power and wisdom of God. Most people leave out the part of wisdom and emphasize power. So they spend days fasting, they spend days seeking power. And there's nothing wrong with that. So once the power is indeed upon you from one eye, you can do so many things. But after you've done those things or you achieved or broken new grounds, you need wisdom to sustain those blessings. You need wisdom to sidestep opposition. You need wisdom to superimpose the kingdom on everything you do.
and wisdom is attractive wisdom makes propagation of the good news very attractive it makes it pleasing to the ears because nobody in their right thinking repels wisdom wisdom allows the propagation of good of the good news acceptable to all that hear them you know and according to the scriptures you will discover that so many people covet anointings or callings and all of that but what they didn't tell you is that not everybody will like you so who will hate you for being you for walking in your calling for walking in your purpose some people will just hate you for no reason and you can't change that you just, you just have to move on with your life and live faithfully within the guidance of god's spirit so and that's something that would actually love you you know the paradox of this um reading is the fact that when they started teaching everyone loved them but when they said things as in the difficult truth they wanted to trim off the cliff as in try to kill him and the bible says that he walked through he walked right through them and if you think critically if you meditate on that scripture properly how can you walk through those that want to kill you without them not being able to grab you and say come back here where are you going to i really do think that that moment showed every or it should show us that when he was to be crucified when he said he had to lay down you know it's because he had capacity to escape that that walkthrough was supernatural activity it was laid down in simple gesture in the bible but what happened there was he literally walked past them and they couldn't touch him that's a miracle that is supernatural it tells me and you that we cannot die before our time it tells me and you that as long as you perpetrate your obligation which is to propagate god's kingdom with your life in your deeds in your thoughts in your actions god is mandated to protect you is the king of the kingdom is mandated to secure your future is mandated to equally respond to you because you understand your existence you, you are working in your purposes or his agenda for your life and bear in mind people think that your purpose is just all about god no your purpose is you finding god's intent for your existence in your purpose you can live to your fullest i mean as you please god you can also fulfill your existence as in as an as human beings um for so long people talk about purpose and a lot of people run away from it because they feel like it's about sacrificial living which is which is but the truth about it is this in your purpose lies fun lies um, resources for you to live your life to the fullest your purpose lies you walking in your highest definition of self 
the difference between purpose and self-aggrandizing heart or self-imposed existence or self-selfish living is that purpose gives you yardsticks it protects you from yourself purpose help you not to self-destruct purpose ensures that you walk in god's perfect will over time purpose is your anchor to measure your progress as an human being to measure how much or how well you're doing because your yardstick is not what somebody else is doing it is what god sees you as that's your yardstick purpose is simply you measuring to the line of thoughts of god about you basically <clears throat> you are literally empowered with god's resources once you live within the jurisdiction of your purpose and let me tell you what we are not told about purpose yes there are pros and cons you know I'll give you an analogy look at every nation they have an embassy across the world they have an outstation that if you enter into these facilities it is as if you are in a real a palace or you are in a place that depicts the reality of the economy of that nation so the best of things are there the best of qualities are there they hire the best of minds as well that tells you and i something you know if you are on earth as an embassy as a carrier of heaven you know then heaven is obligated to provide for you on earth i don't get this wrong god will not come down from heaven to provide whatever it is you need what god does is to give you intangible things like ideas inspirations wisdom supernatural blessings that attract physical manifestations and you know our god sifts the minds of of kings you know it can make sure your name is pop is you know pops up in the mind of the right person and that is your opportunity for transfer of wealth or manifestation of wealth there's nothing god can not make happen for you how it chooses to even help you is not usually the same way at every instance this is where we miss god we think that as king as kingdom practitioners um we expect god to do the same thing the same way in this kingdom read through the bible properly he did not do miracle the same way twice you know even in the new testament jesus fed people twice in two scenarios but it wasn't said it was done the same way and the numbers were very my point is this there's no god is a creative god he doesn't do things the same way twice yes you can use an experience to learn a principle of how it works but don't limit or box God to how he has always dealt with you. 
You know, you can't put a cap on God's spirit. You know, I begin to realize in my early work with him, we were told not to be found in certain places, not to be found, you know, not to, to be careful about association. But I've come to a place where I have been equipped to the point where I need to go touch those places I was told to stay away from. This is what they don't tell you. That time, they, what they wanted you to do, but they didn't communicate well, was that set yourself apart to be prepared or to be consecrated or to be touched by God so that you can be able to touch lives because you can't touch lives without interfacing with them. Is where the church missed it in politics, where the church missed it or missed it in different areas of life, whereby you can't even like this like business. You can't say you're in a business and you don't want to have a contact with the processes in which the businesses has been done. Even if you are the CEO, even if somebody is involved in packaging the product, you have to understand how it works. So like even when you go to site, push coffee shop, as a, especially as a, as a, as a startup entrepreneur, you also need to know how it works. You know, so check businesses that even the CEO and founder understand the processes and can get that process done themselves. They don't expect what they can do from their team members, they demand what they can do from their team members. That's the best level of leadership whereby people see you do something and it is easier to demand what they see you do or live by. So how does the kingdom pertain to the media? How does uh, kingdom lifestyle impact the media? For instance, I really do believe that as much as we live in a world where people are pushing different narratives, people are pushing things that is contrary to what we want to see or probably what you want to see based on your faith and your values or or societal uh, inclination to impact. I also believe that it is also your responsibility to create, you know, the good things, the good deeds, and let people see Jesus or see God through you. Because the only sense of our faith is for us to be a, an extension of God on earth. Any faith whereby you practice and you don't realize this, that means that you don't understand the essence. Even Steve Jobs, that wasn't a Christian said something i watched an interview he did uh, he did at a convocation or so and he said um you got to believe that i have been on up there so that means he believed that there was a god actually and i think he was a buddhist i think he became a buddhist because he was raised as, as a from a christian family or so but he became a buddhist because when he needed help the most it was the buddhist that gave him a million day their temple so this is where i challenge those who are dogged in their christian work that it's not enough to profess this thing or to evangelize the greatest resource for evangelism is change lives how you can change their narrative i'll give you a scenario the woman that Jesus met at the well in samaria simply by diagnosing her life problem 
and giving her an idea of what the solution is she became an evangelist that reached the whole town for him so evangelism is about seeking to touch a life at a time it's not necessarily about until you carry mic and you're disturbing the whole city that you think you are evangelizing you are evangelizing evangelism is about how many people you've impacted positively sometimes you can even evangelize with your business if by employing people and their lives are changing then you are, they see that you know what you profess is not by mouth they can see physical evidences in their life so i believe that even the christian faith has gotten to a phase where it's not just by word of mouth any longer people have to feel the tangibility of jesus christ and that was where south korea changed people were evangelizing and until when people started confronting those evangelizing to them that this thing you are saying doesn't affect my situation so what is the way forward until when they started creating avenues to impact the community beyond just the gospel that they were sharing but sharing things that or showing them how they can reposition their lives showing them or helping them get through life as well could be a, a practical example of evangelism because evangelism or the kingdom is about change lives the proof that uh, you are an ambassador or representative of god's kingdom is your change life everything is just it's just an activity change lives are the greatest evidence of the kingdom a transformed life that is continuously being transformed on a daily basis is an evidence of god's kingdom is much more powerful than any media jesus understood this that's why he emphasized on us paying attention to one life at a time you can't touch everybody everyone must have people that you are sent to focus on these people once you transfer the blessings transfer whatever it is god as insights that you have they go about and transform others so it's a it's a ripple effect it's a ripple effect it's a process whereby you can transform for instance it told me that if he's one person imagine one person coming to see tribe global academy and that person's life is transformed to the point whereby one million people or hundreds of million people can connect with that person and with his journey that means that through him i may have been able to touch another lots of people lots of people that i can never fathom so create your life to impact lives our life is just, is beyond just getting a job having somebody chilling out having fun what gives us capacity to live long is also the degree of impact that we live in the lives of others heads by and eyes closed i pray in the name of jesus christ that god's kingdom be established in your life and his kingdom be done in your life and in my life i pray that the works of our hands everything about our life will carry his presence his power his wisdom in the mind of the Lord jesus christ i pray that in every circumstances that you find yourself you know what to do to get out of that circumstances because in life there will be challenges 
Jesus said, in this life, you have poor people. He didn't say that they will remain poor. Because even the first message that we heard from Isaiah 60 that I read in the Luke 4, he said he was sent to liberate the poor. The gospel has the power to transform poverty to prosperity. Provided you believe and practice the principles. Believe is not enough. You must practice the principles that secure prosperity. And don't get it twisted. The Bible has evidences of principles, financial principles. You know, what I shared with you guys um, about our, our um, finance model for businesses and individuals earlier in the year, which is on our Instagram page, it's on my Instagram page, was gotten from the Bible, the story of Joseph in the Bible. So, the Bible, well, I don't read the Bible by your own power, I read it by the power of the Spirit of God. You see things differently. So, thank you so much for listening, and I believe that God has answered our prayers. We thank you for the capacity to worship, to receive His word, and to be able to go about our lives impacting others as well. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining to this broadcast, and I pray that whatever it is as a concern that you can't even talk about to anybody or myself, may He reveal to you, to the highest of your understanding, what to do, or who to call, or who to talk to, or how to go about it, such that you can outlive that problem in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you on Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Cheers, man. West African time.